morning and welcome to Noah's Window. Mary Alice, this one's going to take a little bit, but there's a huge lesson, I believe, for us. So let me give a little backstory before we get into those lessons for today. The setting is Acts chapter 1. Jesus has already ascended, but Pentecost hasn't happened yet. So Peter is there. He now has kind of become the leader. I think that is God's will. Peter's become the leader of the 11 disciples who are left. Judas is dead at this point. And there are other believers there, some of Jesus' family, some of those early disciples. I think there are around 120 who are gathered together and they're in this upper room praying. It's really important to remember that Jesus has told them to wait. He said, wait till the Holy Spirit comes. You, you go there, you pray and wait. Peter has trouble waiting. And I totally understand that because I have a whole lot of his personality. Now he's praying and, and ultimately on Pentecost, he's going to preach a great message and God is going to use him. But Peter kind of misfires, I believe. This is something, I've, I've never taught this at New Spring, but I teach it at a lot of pastor's conferences. Peter gets ahead of God. And let me just kind of tell you what it's all about. After Judas died, Jesus did not replace Judas. He just left that opening there. Peter looks around and sees 11 of them and not 12. And Peter's like, we've got to replace Judas. Now remember, Jesus has told him to wait, but Peter's like, we need to do it now. So he begins a process with the church since he's leading at this moment um, to replace Judas. And I think he really gets ahead of God. And that's gonna be a lesson for us in just a few moments. But let's, let's pick up the story. And I think as I read through the story, you're gonna see some of the problems that even God followers can have today. And remember, Peter was a, a great man of God, but even God followers can misfire. So Peter is told about Judas in that meeting with the early church. And he continues in verse 20, I'm Acts chapter one, verse 20. This was written in the book of Psalms where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. So Peter's like, I've been reading the Psalms and I found a line about Judas that says, let somebody else take his place. Mary Alice, you know how I feel about this. I think he took that psalm out of context because as I understand that psalm, it's about David's enemies saying, let somebody else take his place. So I don't think that line has anything to do with Judas. So first thing we need to pay attention to is not to take the Bible out of context. So verse 21, so now we must choose a replacement for Judas. <laughs> Jesus didn't replace him. Nor did he say, Peter, now I know you need to wait for the Holy Spirit, but while you're there, replace Judas. Jesus never told him that. So verse 23, they nominated two men, Joseph called Persibus and Matthias. Well, Jesus didn't get the 12 disciples by people giving out nominations. You know, he chose them. Jesus chose them. And then they all prayed. Sometimes I mean, we should always pray, but not pray outside of the will of God. And that's what Peter and the rest of them did. Oh Lord, you know every heart. Show us which one of these two men you have chosen. In other words, didn't he, the, the prayer wasn't show us who you've chosen. It was show which one of the two men we picked you've chosen. And then they cast lots. So then they rolled dice and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. Well, one more time, and I think you've, you've gotten my drift on this. The, the first disciples were not picked by throwing dice. 
it's just a problem. And I, I think about the problems that could have come about. There are two that I think for came about in the early church because of Matthias selection. Um, number one, Matthias was not God's choice as far as I know. We never hear from him again. But beyond that, think about the pressure that this put on Matthias. Because in the early church, he was pressured to fulfill a role that as far as I can tell, it was not God's role for him to fulfill. And of course, if we go a little later in time, we know that God did pick the 12th apostle, this guy named Paul. And he was Jesus' choice. And Jesus picked him directly. Jesus didn't, you know, take nominations. He, he picked Paul, didn't roll dice. He called him. And of course, we hear from Paul for that throughout the rest of the New Testament. Now, lest anyone think I'm picking on Peter, I probably made this kind of decision before in my, in my ministry, getting ahead of God. But Mary Alice, here's what I'd like for you to talk about today. <clears throat> so many times, you and I have heard people tell us that God had told them to do something, and yet when you and I listen to it, we hear this is not the ways of God. In other words, they, they've decided to do something, but they put God behind it, which, mm -hmm. is, which is what I believe the early church did here. Which we've also said very often in those scenarios, we hear people say, but I've got to do something. Yeah, oh, that's one of the most dangerous something. lines of all. We, we, we have to do something. You know, usually, I can't keep waiting on God. I've got to do something. You know, that's what Saul did in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. We see that happen. You know, I, I guess the reason why this story just resonates with me is so many times, back in the days when I used to counsel, somebody would be sitting in my office and they would tell me what they believed God had told them to do. I, I've heard, you would not believe the things I've heard. I remember a guy telling me, well, I thought about getting a new car. I prayed about getting a new car, but I couldn't afford a new car. So, but there was a particular car that I believed that God might want me to have. Couldn't afford it, but I pray, God, if you want me to have this car, give me a sign. And he said, you know, the next intersection I went through, there was exactly that car that went through the intersection. <laughs> like, that's not how you ascertain God's will. No. Oh, I've heard some pretty wild ones too. I mean, like a little bird flew by or, I don't know. I've heard, I've heard some pretty wild stories, but I think a lot of it is it's kind of like what you're talking about. They 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 did pray, yeah. but they set up God's options for him. Now let's talk about that for a moment, because I think that's a really important part of the story. You know, because we saw a moment ago, they um, they said we picked two. Tell us which one of the two we picked that you want. So they go to God and say, God, here are your options. Would you like door number one or door number two? Right. But they don't. And you've always said. We're commanded to pray, so we are to bring God every concern that we have. Right. But the how and the when He answers those requests are in His hands, and we cannot dictate, dictate that to God. And waiting, waiting equals trust. And really, think if you look back, every every um, bad turn in the relationship that we have with God is is a is a mistrust. It's it's not trusting Him. And that's what we have to do when we're in a waiting situation. I think it's really dangerous to take what we know that God has said and then fill in all the other blanks. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I, to their credit, they were there praying. They were there seeking the Holy Spirit that, the, you know, Jesus told them would come. So, and, and again, there's no place in the Bible where they're fully reproached for doing this. The Bible just leaves this story without comment there at the end of Acts chapter 1. But like you say, waiting on God is really important. And, and I've learned in my lifetime, I would rather have just a few words from Jesus and wait 
on his direction than to run ahead of him and decide, I know what he meant to say. And you know, as we've said so many times, even if we get ahead of God, we can even make a choice that might be good, but it won't be the best if it was something that God wanted us to wait on because God always has what's best. I mean, I can think of so many examples, but how many, I remember someone that was very close to me uh, who was in her late teen years and all of her friends were getting married and she felt like she had to marry somebody. Mm -hmm. And so she did, and it was a heartache. And I think it's, it's, um, it's just so important to wait for God to answer and not try to help him out. It is. Well, I, I hope this has been a, a help today. I've thought about this story so many times. Maybe the reason I think about it is I do lead a church mm -hmm. and there are always the impulses to run ahead of God, but it's always wise to wait and get God's word. And, and one more time, I think it, if we were to like take this story and try to extract some meaningful lessons, first of all, it's very wise not to take scripture out of context. You know, if, if scriptures are taken out of context, we can we can make them say anything. So first of all, don't take the scriptures out of context. And then secondly, we, it's really important not to offer God our options and then tell him to take his choice from among our options. And, and, and one of the reasons why I say that is so many times, Marielle's, we thought we knew what was going to happen. It might be the, even the natural progression of following God, and yet God came out of left field and picked something that we would have never thought of, mm -hmm. like going to Kansas. That's right. <laughs> this is right. <laughs> well, thank you for being with us today. Mary Alice, before we go, I, I, we all need prayer that we will stay in God's will and stay mm -hmm. with His direction for our lives. Would you pray for us today? Absolutely. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, as Mark said, we do need you to keep us on your path. and. We need you to give us the patience and the trust that that will uh, keep us from getting ahead of you. And we know that you have our best interest at heart. You've promised us over and over that you love us and that you know what our needs are and that you have promised to meet those needs according to your will. And we, we want to trust you, Father. And when we feel the circumstances in life squeezing us to make a decision and we're forced to wait, just give us that trust and that patience to wait on you to answer in your time and father for everyone that's watching or listening to noah's window today i just pray that you would be with them and whatever decision is pressing on them today that you would give them uh, the patience to wait on you to work and to move in their life and uh, we just thank you father for your great love thank you for all the attention to detail in our lives that we can trust you for and we just give you all the praise and the glory for this and we thank you in jesus name amen Amen. Thank you, Mary Alice. And thank you for joining us today on Noah's Window. God willing, we'll be back tomorrow. See you soon. God bless.